Ah, yes, friends, on a chaotic Friday, it is OGP, the one giant podcast where we are your hosts over here, Adam Armbrecht, breaking down the Brooklyn Nets and the Locked On Nets podcast with my boy, Doug Norrie. Yonder there is the healthy, wealthy, and wise, the season generational ticket holder, Mr. Andrew Makowitz. How are we, sir? Just a little bit behind the eight ball here on our on our live. I mean, we're, we're playing from behind. Sun was up early. I'm supposed to, you know, t- take a day off from work and, and go golfing later. But I man, no. it, there's just there's just too much going on with the Giants. I was like, I was like, honey, you gotta t- you gotta take you know my, my son Rory. I got some podcasting to do with Adam because there's some big news overnight last night. And I said, don't call me honey, Andy. Let's just get into the show, right? That was a whole part of what we did here. The exactly. bottom line is, though, we still came back in uh, to have a good conversation. Uh, the big news, obviously, is Blake Martinez is released by the New York football giants. That's the bulk of what we're going to get into here. But oddly enough, um, there's actually all three talking points that we're going to discuss here. And the bulk is Blake. But all three things we're going to mention here on this live this morning are kind of three feathers in our cap. I'll take the first victory lap. Khalil Pimpleton. Visited with the Giants on Wednesday, signed on Thursday to the practice squad. He is that juggling expertise from Hard Knocks watching the Detroit Lions. He's now on the practice squad for the New York football Giants. And I'm just going to say that without overstating it, he's on the practice squad. When you think about Bachman not being back again, you know, you mentioned that mold of the player, right? These small guys, get him in there, shifty, whatever. Yeah, I think I'd rather have a small guy that's a rookie in my practice squad developing his skill set than a guy who's 27 and been around the block. There's potential here for him to to develop in the background and maybe have a shot to be up on the 53 at some point during this season. I mean, the the offseason has shown us that Joe Shane, Brian Dable, Mike Kafka, and Wink Martindale – have specific types of players that they like. They are not the types of coaches that necessarily say, hey, here's here's a ball of clay molded into whatever you want. They say there is a specific type of clay that we like to be able to do what we need to do. Yeah. And you you can tell by Khalil Pimpleton being one of those players. He is explosive. He's shifty in space. You watch some of the stuff from Central Michigan. When he get, you know, I think he had two punt returns for a touchdown when he was there. When he gets the ball out and in space, he's electric. And that's really what this Mike Kafka system and Dayball system is, is get playmakers the ball out in space, get one-on-one matchups as soon as possible. Pimpleton is that type of guy that, that does that. He fills another role. So, uh, you know, kudos to you for, for identifying that he was, once he got released, he is the type of guy that the Giants want. You better believe it, man. Shout out to Marty, who is our frequent flyer now that we're doing these live in the mornings. He said it yesterday in the comments. I do appreciate it. I love it when somebody gives me a pat on the back, calling him my guy. And that's it. <laughs> you know what we have. I start to get little darlings on the roster. And then <laughs> I'm going to talk about him all season long. That's that's the nature of the beast here, waiting for him to make his debut. The other footnote is uh, bittersweet in the sense that it's use of Corker. We know that he didn't make the initial 53. He didn't come back through and land on the practice squad. But of the cap to Andrew Makowitz, who all along said he's sleeping on couches. He's trying to see what happens. He's not renting a place. And then when it comes to where his where his wife was, where his young child is and where he's from, he ends up going to the Cincinnati Bengals, which really actually makes sense from all the angles. Yeah, it's you know, we mentioned it yesterday. and I said, don't be surprised if you see him sign with a team closer to, to home, because, the, the you know, once he didn't have the Cinderella story of making the Giants squad and being able to say, OK, family, we're going to put our roots down in New York. You know, he went to the University of Kentucky in Lexington, Kentucky. And so when I said yesterday, don't be surprised if he signs with someone like Nashville, Tennessee, like the, 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 uh, with the Titans, mm-hmm. you know, my brain ge- geographically thought that Nashville was probably the closest to Lexington. It's about three hours away. So, you know, not, not too far away, Adam, but little did I know 
that Cincinnati, Ohio is an hour and 15 minutes away from Lexington. So like it makes all the sense in the world for him to go back there. If he's going to be on the practice squad, make a paycheck, be close to his family, not have to uproot him when he doesn't know what's next. Yep. So uh, again, we won't, um, you know, We'll be saying focused on Khalil Pimpleton because now he is a giant. Yusuf Corker is not, but good for him, though. Like I said, we don't. I, I, I wish no one ill will, whether they remain a New York football giant or whether they move on in their career. Speaking of people moving on in their career, Blake Martinez. So the Giants, uh, Joe Shane, Brian Dable, they had their press conference late in the afternoon yesterday. They said all the things we kind of anticipated. It's been a chaotic week, a month. There's been so many decisions, guys in, guys out, injury concerns. What designations are you going to give players? Trying to put in claims. Joe Shane, really complimentary of the entire staff for working really hard to get through that. Then also, after they were done, <laughs> they go ahead and it comes out that they release um, Blake Martinez. And as we see Dwayne there in the in the comment section, what are we going to do at uh, linebacker? Don't worry, buddy. We've got We've got answers or at least we understand that's going to be a question here they released Blake Martinez um there are two different schools of thought here on this depending on if you're following spot track if you're following over the cap Dan Duggan Art Stapleton covering this everybody around the media walk through the two possibilities when it comes to the finances before we really break down something else we talked about what Blake Martinez is to this Wink Martindale defense so let's start with the math on all this. And I won't go mm-hmm. into exact dollars and cents, but I'll give you the broad general situation. Keep it loose. Keep it so loose, Blake guys. Martinez in the offseason had a very big cap hit, restructured his contract to bring the cap hit low, get a little bit of guaranteed money, got, got some security, but also f- gave some flexibility to the Giants. That is the first piece of it. The second piece of it is with this release, there are a couple of different factors that people are factoring in. So Dan Duggan and over the cap, have looked at it, analyzed it, and say, based on the way the contract has been worded and the restructure happened, the Giants are probably only saving about $175,000, which is not really that much, to be honest with you. And and it would be a little bit more head-scratching if that was the case. Art Stapleton has crunched some numbers and done some math. These are both great beat reporters for the Giants. Follow both of them. We love getting content from them and, and try to you know ask for insights whenever we can. Art says that, when he crunches the numbers on the restructure that the giants are saving about $3.6 million against the cap. So we're talking about like more, like double the amount of money that you would save over releasing Darius Slayton. So that's like a significant number, Adam. Mm-hmm. And so the, the issue that we have is like 3.6 is a pretty hefty number. Um, spot track, which also does cap figures and cap numbers tends to agree with Art Stapleton. So we've got a little Biggie versus Tupac, East Coast, West Coast, Art versus Dan Duggan going on right now. I don't know who's going to be right, but essentially does does it change your perspective on the release, Adam, money-wise, if it's 3.6 versus 175K? No, I don't care at all. Um, and, and, and because, again, go back to what we, when we talked about this, I think it's now two days ago, on on our, our one of our episodes saying you know we were kind of we did every walked everything up to the line and i'm not saying because we were avoiding saying it we were kind of walking through this process of blake martinez is coming back from injury is he going to be healthy enough to play and then we started to say and you you brought it up okay in the wink martindale system you know blake martinez is a pure middle linebacker he can do the thing north and south see ball get ball and that's not a bad thing but he also has limitations and if you're wink martindale you're saying i want versatility i want guys that can drop back in coverage you know you're seeing Kayvon thibodeau is coming back off the line right i want guys that can go sideline to sideline and 
when you now listen, does the Darian Beavers injury play a factor in all this? It sure does. And I think that's what we discussed too was saying now you're reliant on Blake Martinez, maybe a little more than you want it to be, but Hey, it is what it is. I just think that the giants stopped short of saying that they stopped short of saying, well, Beavers was in line to have a bigger role here for us as a rookie. I, I guess we got to go forward with Blake Martinez. No, instead they made the choice of, and you can extend this the same way that it applies to a James Bradbury. Again, not my contract. I didn't give out this contract. So I'm not going to be beholden to a financial mistake that is not based on something that I did. If I'm Joe Shane, this is all about Dave Gettleman, right? So the, that, this is where I start with all of this conversation. It's about making decisions for the football team and accepting that there are going to be financial ramifications. I can't allow that to stop me short of what feels like the right football decision for, for the team this season and going into the next offseason. So this is why when captains were announced and we went live, we talked factor. about what does it mean? And we explained Blake Martinez not being named captain after being named captain the last two years. You may think that these things are silly, but it's like if the coaches don't think that he's a scheme fit and the players that are in the locker room are voting on who is going to be captain on the defense and they say, we picked Dexter Lawrence over Blake Martinez, they're telling you, the players in the locker room are telling you who they expect to be the vocal leaders of this team. Yeah, and by the way, when I saw people say, some people were saying uh, Dexter Lawrence being a captain is a joke because he had, you know, he's a guy that comes into this season with a lot of expectations, maybe hasn't fully performed to his first round selection. You have other people saying Blake Martinez not being named a captain. The team doesn't decide that the players do, but all these things matter because these guys are in there practicing and playing together. They're learning a system underneath new coordinators. And then they're looking and saying, who are guys that are here? Who are guys that are stepping up? Who are guys that have developed into leaders over the course of this offseason? So uh, from that standpoint, it makes all to me, I understand where it's coming from. Do you, I mentioned James Bradbury there, rewind this thing back. We all said, gosh, you've been hamstrung with this contract. If you could, you'd like to be able to trade him or move him. The Giants tried to do that. Uh, you saw, obviously, James Bradbury didn't want to restructure his contract or sign a deal before getting traded. So he waited. He ends up over, obviously, with the division rival Eagles. Likewise for Blake Martinez here, the injury plays a massive factor in it. But I, I just look at this and say, Blake Martinez is not going to be a linebacker on this team next year. And whether or not the Darian Beavers injury, the uncertainty around, let's say, a, a Cam Brown in his role, a Micah McFadden, another rookie, a Carter Coughlin. There's probably going to be another move that gets made here for the Giants. Yes, there's uncertainty, but this further cements my belief, and we're, we're going to talk about it as we get to the beginning of next week and start to look at week one for the New York football Giants against the Tennessee Titans. It has to cement the belief. This is a rebuild. This is what it looks like, and you don't need to worry about Oh no, we are losing a key, you know, a key member, a, a veteran presence, a guy that can make plays. Even if Blake Martinez was 100% healthy, what are we going to It doesn't matter. It's about developing young talent and accepting that what we don't want to have is a financial issue or commitment next off season if we can avoid it by all costs now. So we talked about the Darian Beavers piece. That was something that we had also mentioned. I think the plans got drastically changed with his injury. And you could tell, yeah. yeah, you could tell that they wanted to go young. I think they actually, all right, this is this is just pure speculation on my part. But I think this, this, yeah, I'll speculate speculation. I think the that the Giants would have released uh, Blake Martinez earlier if Darian Beavers didn't get hurt. So the, the problem was once he goes out there and you have Austin Calitro, you have Micah McFadden, you've got Carter Coughlin, like 
it's, you start to get really thin and they were, and they sat there and they said to themselves, what are the moves that we can make? And while they probably would have liked to have him on the roster as insurance, when it came down to needing money, dollars and cents, they said the, the viability of this team, we're better off having Darius Slayton on this team than we are Blake Martinez and saving a few hundred K and, Adam, the, the other piece of it, you, you talked about James Bradbury. This feels way more like Logan Ryan to me. We're like, yeah, he's kind of like a leader, been a captain the last couple of years, you know, well-respected, hardworking, but like kind of comes off an injury or we don't save that much cap savings. The Giants made a decision that was more about strategy on the field than, than potential cap savings in that regard because they saved little to none. Uh, so I just thought it was fascinating that I, I kind of went right towards the Logan Ryan piece of it. Yeah, 100%. I have another thought there, too, as well. But first, how about a pimp name slick back? Gotta love that name, friends. The goal in 2022 isn't to win games. It's to clean up the mess and set a foundation. Joe Shane is already going to game scouting for <laughs> uh, for QBs for next year. Keep expectations realistic, Giants fans. I, I, this is this is what I've been I've been talking about this a lot over the course of this offseason. I get excited about the young players, the talent, and what maybe can happen here for the New York football Giants. But, like, this is the reality. When you come in and you have negative cap space and you don't have any ability to make any moves, you are trying to. like Even if you like things that the Giants did, bringing in John Feliciano, right? Even the waiver claim, getting Jack Anderson, right? You think getting in a cornerback off the Jets squad or a DB, safety. You know, you think, yeah, you can analyze these moves individually and say, yeah, we really like it. You also can sit, can you step back and go, we have a restriction here. We couldn't go to free agency and sign whoever we want, right? We couldn't spend money as we may choose. We couldn't look at the cornerback position and say, do we have some optimism around what Aaron Robinson can be? Sure we do. But if we could go sign a legit number two corner that has proven experience at the NFL level, we probably would have, right? We'll, we'll find out about how this organization feels about certain players at certain positions next offseason when the money is there to be spent the thing you can only do now is avoid this is what i've talked about wasting reps right and you said logan ryan wasting reps on veteran players at positions that you know aren't going to be here for the long term that's why you go out and try to have as much young talent on this roster as possible and this is you know what i think this is really frustrating for giants fans in a lot of ways and why things like this end up kind of getting people pumped up right where they're like what are we doing and it starts to get your blood boiling it's because it's been already three three seasons of not doing this. If you had been doing this three years ago and saying, hey, listen, guys, it's going to be a rough year, maybe a rough two years, but then the money will be there. We'll have some of the young talent, and then we'll put the pieces in around them. Then you wouldn't care as much. Now it's like, but we already, we, we're already terrible. And over those three terrible years, we financially put ourselves in a disastrous spot, right? I get it. You're worn out on it, but that's the reality here. You finally have a general manager that's willing to do the hard things, and you just have to stop getting clouded by this idea of veteran player X could have helped us win. No, it doesn't matter. Even if he could have, it doesn't matter this year. Simple answer also is we're talking about the money. We're talking about the rebuild. We're talking about this and that. Adam, we haven't even talked about his play on the field. Right. Like that is the last thing we've talked about. He was a great tackler, 130 tackles year one, year two yeah. got hurt, year three got hurt. Like you're coming back from the knee injury now, now for year three, Adam, he's coming off a very, very serious ACL injury. And he's supposed yeah. to be the middle linebacker that has range and athleticism and can stand up or, or play multiple positions. What if he just didn't have what they were looking for in camp? What if he's not fully back from the injury that he had? It's not like there was a bunch of things out there saying, 
Blake Martinez looks explosive in practice. He's, he looks be- <laughs> right, he looks better right, than right. what he was before, right? Like we haven't heard any of that out of camp. We heard Blake Martinez red red contact jersey. Oh, Blake Martinez took off his jersey. It's good to see Blake Martinez back out there. We actually never heard anything about his play, right? A hundred percent. And by the way, another we talk about comparisons here. And then I think before we get out the door today, um, we want to make sure we turn our attention just to where the depth chart currently sits in making the move with Blake Martinez. They brought in another offensive lineman to try to bolster that depth across the front there and just, you know, get some general thoughts here. But remember, uh, Sterling Shepard is kind of on the same path here as Blake Martinez was was coming off an injury. Yeah. Right. Coming off of an injury restructures wants to stay with the team go back to the early in the offseason when you made the accurate point the Giants went to Sterling and said hey listen you can either rehab in-house right stay in the facility stay where you're familiar and keep working or we could cut you and then you're searching and then I mean you really made the smart listen Sterling Shepard has made money but to your point do you want the best possible facility support uh, support staff, training staff, rehab staff, you know, available to you at the NFL level? Or do you want to be paying it out of your own pocket this offseason and trying to convince teams that you're in a good spot? If Sterling Shepard, if you weren't hearing all the positive things around him over the course of the offseason, building back up to get back out there on the field, he may have been cut as well. And guess what? It's not a foregone conclusion that something may not happen with him as we get into the season. An injury or other setbacks could potentially have will be you know painful for me unlike Blake Martinez I love Sterling Shepard you know drafted New York football giant but that's the storyline that I think Blake and Sterling Shepard were both on Blake went the way of not being able to get healthy and show that he's capable and fitting in the system Sterling Shepard got healthy and also is the nice piece does fit into what Kafka and Dable would want to do if he's healthy and on the field before we turn to the depth chart that is a very good point because think about and 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 uh, they're mentioning in the comments. What if Sterling Shepard isn't himself yet? We haven't fully seen him. We haven't seen him out there yet. We know that he's getting reps. We know he's working hard. We want him to succeed. But if he's not, Adam, it makes someone like Darius Slayton all the more important to the roster, right? And and so like we talk about, he's a, it's a foregone conclusion. He's gone. He's not going to be here. You're starting to see that like there's different evaluations going on in the building than just our, our pure fans' hearts wanting him to succeed. So if Sterling Shepard isn't there, you need Darius Slayton on the outside as a veteran leader, knowing that you don't know what you're getting from Kenny Galladay right now. Yeah, and listen, for whatever Darius Slayton has or has not been, he's flashed, he's shown you eight touchdowns rookie year. He's also dropped balls wide open, over the top, can beat the coverage, can't quite get his hands on it. He's been a guy that's been available, though, right? We talk about when you look across the wide receiver roster, and you go injury history, injury history, injury history, right? Like you, you need to have some level of reliability there. It's why, even though Wondell Robinson is small, we know that, but everything coming out is this is a guy that is durable. And when you see him taking some big pops in preseason, you go, that hey, kid gets right back up, right? So we, we hope that that's going to be the case for him and you can avoid some of those big hits, but durability for him. We think Kadarius Tony interviewed, said, I'm ready to go, ready to go for week one. Awesome. Now go out and confirm that you're ready to go for week one and then week two and three and four and all the way down the line. So you need to have some redundancies here. And that's why even when we talked about Darius Slayton, listen, when we're wrong, we're wrong and we acknowledge it. A lot of this stuff over these last couple of weeks, I, I feel like we did start to read, as I said yesterday on Twitter for Andy, who outlined the Blake Martinez situation really well, start to read the tea leaves. It's yeah, I get it's 2.5 million for Darius Slayton, but there's a reason to try to keep him around. There's a reason to try to hold on to him, unlike Blake Martinez, where keeping him on this roster, even with the financial commitment, you just look at it, you go, okay, but 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 tell me where the value comes up. 
Tell me where he gets back out on the field. Maybe, as we did mention, and we'll talk about depth chart here, maybe if he's on and if he is playing well, there's that trade opportunity, right? And that's, I think, the last factor here. You wanted to try to wait it out, see if that opportunity came up, just like with, as I said before, James Bradbury. And when it doesn't materialize, at some point, if you're Joe Shane, you got to go, if you're not a part of the long-term future, I can't waste the short-term on you. Let's take a look here then, just at the at, at overall here. You're, you're darn right, Marty. The best availability. Nope. The best ability is availability. Gosh, they got it. I know. I know it's done because it rhymes and it's a good line. But it's confusing. It, it gets you. Yes. It gets you. The depth chart. I said before, uh, it was Tyree Phillips that got brought in uh, when they made the move going away from Blake Martinez. He slots in on that offensive line at the guard position. Uh, Jack Anderson is there as well. Let's just ask the question. Jack Anderson uh Tyree Phillips we haven't talked about the injury timeline for some guys it looks like we're talking about we know at least those first four weeks when we're looking at a Shane Lemieux when we're looking at an Ellerson Smith right so at that guard position what do you think is more likely that Joshua Zudu who the team really likes and drafted and is coming along but has dealt with his own injuries this offseason you think it's more likely that he plugs in week one or do they go with one of these players that hasn't been with the team but at least has, I mean, 81 reps for Anderson, NFL experience. So I might be out on my own on this limb here. Here we go. Here we go. Um, obviously, we both like Azudu, and I think he's Plant probably, a seed, build a tree, have a branch, and then go climb out on him, man. He's, he's probably the guy that's going to be put into into the, the guard position, even though all offseason they said they kind of see him being flexible to go out to the tackle position. I think you're going to see Wyatt Davis onto this giant roster faster yeah. than people anticipate. He got signed to the practice squad. They probably said to him, look, we're going to elevate you. We still have a bunch of in-house stuff we have to clean up. A like Tony like Jefferson situation you're yeah, suggesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like we got some things we got to figure figure out. But as long as we have this kind of agreement that this is the way that we're going to go, that's fine. Adam, he, you know, he is a guy that was uh, basically a second or third round pick last year. He clearly needs to fix some of his mechanics and, and, you know, Bobby Johnson will probably help with that. I think just based on his talent alone, he has the ability to be our starting guard by week two, potentially, maybe even week three. It's tough to say week one because he hasn't even been in the building for like a day or two, but Adam, that's, that's how thin we are at the guard position and that's why we're we've we've you know put in so many claims for jack anderson and phillips and others they've just been in here for a cup of coffee as well so what's your difference then why are you more bullish on wyatt davis as opposed to anderson you know what i mean anderson i mean Wyatt davis doesn't have nfl reps he wasn't able to crack the rotation with the vikings anderson only has 81 coming in the door by the way but like he has been up on the field coming across from philadelphia i mean why one over the other and why if you're saying Wyatt Davis because what's the what's the short term then if it's Wyatt Davis by week one or week two are you going with Anderson or with Phillips as the stopgap to start the season are you living with Joshua Azuda to start the year so he gets a sniff of it and maybe you don't because I, I I'm not I'm not against what you're saying by the way it's more who's going to fill in in the interim and how far do you want to go with it you don't want to hurt Azudu's uh development is Azudu going down to the practice squad to start the year then that's the flexibility of making these moves so he can continue to develop or would you put him out there to start the season and then say if Davis needs a week or two to get himself up to snuff 
here is Zudu. Take your shot. If it's working, then we'll go with you because you are our in-house guy. You are our draft pick. Yeah, so I think that Azudu is going to get the first crack, and I want him to succeed. Mm. I like him as the depth piece, though. I keep mentioning it on and on. It's, like, so hard. If you have a really good swing tackle guard that, like, could fill in in a, in a pinch, that's what I feel like Azudu can be. Yeah, I don't want to keep all this I know, but you keep, I know, but you keep saying that, but they're not putting him there, though. Like, he's he's being listed in the guard position. If you're going to have him be the backup swing tackle, why— I, I I'm not against what you're saying, but the off season would indicate they kept they guess they used him on the outside a little bit for some reps, but they worked him so much in the middle of the line. Why would you waste those reps? If in the short term you were thinking he's a backup swing tackle, then wouldn't you want to focus those reps there as opposed to the interior? I, I get it. I get it completely. But the problem is he, he, you have Devery Hamilton on the outside, right? Like he's one of the guys that could be there as, as the swing offensive tackle. I like Azudu as a depth piece. The reason why I like Wyatt Davis over Jack Anderson to to talk to you about your first point is they were both drafted last year. They're both 23 years old. One was a first round pick out of Ohio State. The other one was a seventh round draft pick that basically got a handful of snaps too. So, you know, when we're talking about NFL experience, you're talking about 75, 80 snaps for Jack Anderson. The team has familiarity with him from being in Buffalo. So I completely understand why they would Mm -hmm. make that claim. Um, But but to me, I just think Mm -hmm. Wyatt Davis has more upside. I just do. All right. I, I, listen, I, I, yeah, I can't, I can't knock it. it, it it's uh, your, your opinion is your opinion, right? I'm debating between a guy, you know, two rounds later taken by the French, taken by this organization versus a guy taken a couple rounds earlier, but also didn't get reps out there on the line. Um, hey, how about the, uh, the entertainer is in the uh, chat over here. Good morning to him. As we say that as well, everybody is also now, now, now that now the, the chat room gets distracted, he enters the room. Everyone starts talking with him, and I like it. I love it. I'm here for it. That's the kind of thing that happens when you get a high profile guest in there. Uh, you, know what, you know what's great, Adam? Also, yep. when when we do when we do this back and forth, and you're like, "Well, your opinion is your opinion." That is like the most that is the most <laughs> disrespectful thing you can ever do. It's like it's like, well, that's a thought. I guess that's a thought that you you had at some point, right? Like, Here's what I'll tell you. In your mind. Here's what I'll tell you, Andy. Mouth. You, you sure you sure developed those thoughts and used your mouth to say those words. Let's move on to the next topic. No, it'll be it'll be interesting to see, man. There's there's nothing um there, there's nothing to suggest that, that, that that's going to be wrong. And that's what's fascinating about when all these cuts happen, when waiver claims go in, when moves go, all of a sudden you take a step back and you have to reanalyze the roster and rotations and see, yes, I may have thought X, but now with these two, three players in the building. How does it impact how I look at it? And I want to make sure, go ahead, but I want to make sure we look at that linebacking core right that's, now as well. That's exactly where I wanted to go is, is knowing that Blake Martinez is no longer here. Everyone's you know in the chat. What is going on with the linebacking position? That is a great question. And it's one that I think is not fully clear yet. And I don't think the Giants have it fully cleared out yet. There is going to be another inside linebacker brought in that is not currently on the active roster. Like mark my words, you cannot go into the regular season with just Carter Coughlin Austin Calitro, Micah McFadden, Tay Crowder, and Cam Brown. You just can't. Well, list that in the right order, though, right? Micah McFadden starting inside linebacker. I mean, that's that's where this discussion begins here alongside Tay Crowder, right? Yes, technically it is. And Micah McFadden was drafted by this regime. So was Darian Beavers. And like we said, we thought that they were going to get more reps pushing more Blake Martinez when he didn't get the well, captaincy to begin with. 
I got to tell you, man, I wish that Darian Beavers was healthy right now. Because yeah. if he was healthy right now, regardless of, again, there's going to be the lumps, the bumps in the road. But I got to tell you, if I was looking at this inside linebacker role right here, the room, and saying, I've got Tay Crowder, Darian Beavers, Micah McFadden, Cam Brown, who we know this new regime likes, and they want to continue to develop him on the defensive side, understanding the special teams value that he brings. And then even the veteran, right? You bring back the veteran in Calitro, Like, throw Carter Coughlin in there, my former boy from a draft some time ago. Like I would just, the energy that you would have around having these two rookies in McFadden and in Beavers and, uh, and just the development that you'd be getting, right? You'd be sitting there saying, Hey, when you see these two players on the field together, you could see the development of the future of the position, two guys that could be here for years to come for the New York football giants. You still have a lot of that, but you are one little half step away. And something that I will say people have spoken to in the chat and over, over the course of the off season, Tay Crowder, he does seem to be getting the benefit of a lot of guys underneath the new regime and better coaching. We, we have to just reset ourselves a little bit around where those expectations are and if he can still be an impact player that you can rely on inside of this defense. So there's another wrinkle to this. And I saw Wrinkle some me. whispers. Yeah, I saw some whispers about people talking about it. Listen, we know that the safety position isn't as deep as we would like it to be. But there is going to be a world based on the scheme fit of Wink Martindale where it's not just two safeties on the field. Mm -hmm. It's three safeties on the field. And you end up having someone like Tony Jefferson and Xavier McKinney in the back. Dane Belton is standing up kind of like in, a, in an amorphous move where he could either go to the quarterback or cover cover like a nickel slot guy. Like yeah. there's, there's a world where there could be four safeties on the field at once because that's the confusion that Wink Martindale wants to have. So while this seems earth shattering, I think – Wink, it gives Wink Martindale a little bit more flexibility to say, I don't have to have Blake Martinez in every play in the middle this time. I can now put a complement of players that can all stand up and you have no idea where the pressure is coming from. No, 100%. And when you look inside the secondary, remember, we're talking about uh, Justin Lane coming in there, uh, Jason Pinnock coming in there, Tony Jefferson's going to get elevated in there, right? They're in behind. Obviously, we know Love and McKinney, and you mentioned Dane Belton there, Holmes, Robinson. Some One, one interesting facet about this is, because I think the the two sides of, of the, the back end of this defense, you mentioned it there, hey, maybe we're going to go safety heavy on some on some downs, right, on some possessions. There was a world, and there still can be, where you want to have a lot of versatile linebackers that create that kind of confusion. It's just on paper right now, it's hard to see that full time or it's hard to see it with a high level of frequency until we get the next player in the room. I'll be interested to see what happens personally with Darnay Holmes right now. Because the one thing I'll say, people still seem comfortable going into the season with Aaron Robinson. It wasn't a perfect offseason by any stretch. The preseason games were ugly sample sizes at times for him. And yet, I, I, we still think that he can develop on the outside. Darnay Holmes, who has played nothing but exceptional football all offseason, I do start to get interested in how versatile he can be for Wink Martindale. How much moving around can he do? Because when you combine him with Julian Love, who's had that experience on the back end of this defense as a safety. He's also been in a nickel role, right? He's been in coverage. It hasn't always been perfect, but again, acknowledgement from us early in his career, developing, taking lumps, better coaching, better development, better understanding. Maybe there's this push and pull, right? I'm fascinated with these new players in the door here. Who lines up where and when and how? And I think it's just going to be on a down-to-down team to team, matchup to matchup basis, you're going to have to look each week and say, where is Darnay Holmes? Where is Robinson? Where is Love? Where is Xavier McKinney, right? Because I, I, that's how I think Wink Martindale is going to approach just saying, 
if it works, we go with it. And we worry about the next play, the next situation when it comes up. I think the last thing to talk about on this particular piece, Adam, is this puts an increased amount of pressure on both Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, and Justin Ellis to perform. Because honestly, if the defensive front can't stop the run and we Mm -hmm. have to bring more of these linebackers in to stop the run, that is going to be a problem for this team. If that if the defensive front in our three four is able to stop the run effectively without having to throw more and more bodies at it, it allows Wink's system to flourish. You can have more cornerbacks, more safeties, less linebackers on the field to confuse everyone. So to me, there's a reason why Dexter Lawrence was named captain. And it's because Wink probably looked at him and said, You don't understand how important you are to my scheme. It doesn't work if we can if, if people keep clipping off five, six, seven yards a run. You and Leonard Williams are going to be the catalyst for everything else that we do behind you. No, a hundred percent. And by the way, um, when, when you look at this, and we know, like Kayvon Thibodeau, what's the timeline? When is he a hundred percent back? Aziz Ojolari dealt with a little something here in the off season, right? We, we like what we have there coming off the edge, but we don't know. It's going to be a little, you know, it's going to be a slow build here to get those guys on the field. So early in the season. More than ever, it's going to be about Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, and that defensive front and being able to just be the stalwart for this team, right? Do the heavy lift. This is rewind it back a year when you go, we don't have anybody outside of Aziz to go get the quarterback. Well, we're deeper now at that spot. But the question becomes, can you at least for the first couple of weeks be leaders, be impact players in the front? And really, you know, we've always talked about this. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, too. Hey, we understand we're talking about shut down the run. But you got to be able to move the pocket. You got to be able to collapse the pocket up the middle and force a quarterback to have to make a difficult decision. Even when when the, everyone gets back healthy, and we'll talk about more as this gets along the way here. Whenever it gets back healthy, we always talk about yeah, getting guys off the edge. Yes, but the second piece of that is when a quarterback can step up in the pocket. You need to be there to collapse that thing back into his face. That's what creates sacks. We always talked about Leonard Williams so close, and we acknowledge it's a good thing. Pressures matter in the NFL, but the difference was always this fine line of he gets around the edge, maybe when he lined up on the outside, or you get pressure. But if there's no one there to collapse it, then it doesn't matter. That's the extra half a second for a quarterback to escape out around the edge, to step up in the pocket, and to get that throw off, whether it's an incomplete or otherwise. That was the last component. You now have those pieces in place. It's about getting the job done in all phases, and we may have to wait a few weeks to see that happen. Adam, at the end of the day, my friend, there was actually news that came out yesterday that impacts the Giants' week one chances of victory more than the Blake Martinez news. Which it seems to be being overlooked. So the Tennessee Titans linebacker, Harold Landry III, tore his ACL during practice Wednesday. He led the Tennessee Titans in sacks last season. He was the guy that could get after the quarterback. So to me, if you said we have to trade Blake Martinez not being there to have the leading sack rusher for the Tennessee Titans not be there week one, I think most Giant fans would make that <laughs> make that trade, right? So, like, sure, of all sure. the news, in, in terms of which one's going to be more meaningful on the field, at the end of the day, for week week one against the Titans, that news is actually more impactful for the Giants on the offensive side than Blake Martinez not being here for defense. You better believe it. We're going to get out the door, friends. You get over to YouTube. You follow the show. You get over to get your podcast needs fulfilled. You go ahead. You, you download it. You listen. You get it to your friends. Get in the conversation, man. Uh, Marty, obviously, in here on this. The Entertainer, who, by the way, talking about we're going to get into the Titans next week, 
saying stop Henry. Yeah, easy to say yeah. it. Why don't you go ahead and do you it? You just got to stop lot. the run. You just got to stop the run, Adam. That's that's it. You know. By Basic the way, football. novel idea, right? No one, no one's ever had. Hey, we're we're gonna stop Henry. Oh my god. It was that's I there was something I forgot to put on the whiteboard when we were drawing it up there. So, but again, shout out to Dwayne, everybody that came in on the live here this morning. We really appreciate it. We're excited to get into NFL football conversations starting on Monday, bright and early. Break down those matchups, talk about some of those betting lines. We have a new partnership coming up that's gonna really help give us some uh some fun takes and use some of those betting expertise that Andy likes to talk about so often. Appreciate everybody in the room. We'll be back again and on Monday. And as Andy Makowitz. Would want, need, and nay, demand the people know. As always, let's go Big Blue.